Welcome to the Bible Reading Plan podcast by Victory Point. One of the best ways to grow as a disciple of Jesus is to read and reflect on Scripture daily. We created this podcast to guide you through our daily Bible reading plan that helps us dwell in God's Word as we grow together in listening to the Spirit. Whether you're on your commute, doing dishes, or just getting up in the morning, we're glad you tuned in. Good morning and welcome to the Bible Reading Plan Podcast. My name is Brennan McConaughey, your faithful as ever host. And this week we are joined by none other than Jeff and Christy Lothamer. Um, Jeff and Christy are mission partners of the Crew Point. They serve in Bicester, England. And I'll let you guys kind of just introduce yourselves a little bit. You guys want to tell All a little right. more about yourselves? Yeah. Um, yep. I'm Jeff. This Christy's here too. We have three kids. Um, our oldest is 18. Her name's Misty. She just graduated from what uh, Americans call high school. Mm-hmm. And then we have Aiden. He's 16. He reminds me of someone we're going to be talking about today. Oh, okay. And um, he's in, starting his uh, junior year. And then um, Casey, she's 11 and uh, just starting secondary school uh, this autumn. And so we've been uh, living in Bicester, England for about nine years. Mm-hmm. You want to say anything else about that? Yeah, we lived on the lakeshore for five years prior to moving to Bicester. So we were on staff at, or Jeff was on staff at one of the churches there. So West Michigan feels like home mm-hmm. to us in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You guys have been here since? Yeah, we flew in July 3rd, uh, did some self quarantine. Mm-hmm. Call it in Colorado. Uh, our mission uh, U.S. headquarters is out there, mm-hmm. and so uh, then we also had a, a retreat that they they have for uh, people like us coming off the mm-hmm. field for any length of time. So we spent about two weeks in Colorado, and then uh, we traveled across the U.S. Uh, camping with our family, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. kind of a little road trip, uh, not knowing where we were going the next night, mm-hmm. and just finding campsites and visiting sites, and then we uh, met up with uh, my extended family for a week in near, uh, just east of Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and uh, spent a week there, and then we made it back here to West Michigan, been here for a week and plus. So we worked really hard for a whole year to plan to be able to take a two-month break. Mm-hmm. It just happens it's during this crazy time. Yep. 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 So, so I'm sure a lot of things have been on your mind since being back in West Michigan, both like Wow, things have changed, or mm. is what, whoa, this is what it's like to be on break, but also what's going on back in Bister, mm. and is yeah. everything okay? And mm-hmm. <laughs> everything is okay. We we haven't um, we've kept in touch with a few uh, friends and and here and there with some of the people from our church and um, from the business we run. Um, but yeah, it seems to be going really well, other than the fact that they're still pretty much locked down in many ways. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, it helps that it's August. In August, pretty much everything comes to a crawl. People just tend to yeah, take August off. Slow. It's just yeah. kind of like yeah, kind of like the lake shore. Uh-huh. So where are we right now that we're hearing your grandfather clock? Uh, we're at we're at my parents' house, and they're definitely grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> in Grand Rapids. In Grand Rapids. Okay, so we're in Grand Rapids, yeah. and so describe for those of the listeners maybe who are a little bit less familiar with you guys. How would you describe the call God has given to you right now? And how do you describe what God seems to be doing 
in your context in Vister. And then finally, like how, what's, I mean, this is, this is supposed to be like an introductory portion of the podcast mm-hmm. where we're just going to get on the scripture, but um, it is really valuable, I think, to me and to us as we, even as we go into scripture to set the tone for where we are. Yeah, I, um, I liked what uh, some of the scriptures we're going to talk about today, I think, talk a bit about, or at least I got this, this it implied this call, this chosen mm-hmm. concept that God chooses and he calls people. Um, and we, I think we started to realize a call from God, and I don't think we really understood what it was. We didn't understand, partially because we didn't yet know who we really were. Mm-hmm. So the last nine years was, I think, God is, one of the things God's done in our lives personally is, I don't, he's really grown us in our identity mm-hmm. that he's created in us and mm-hmm. formed in us. And we didn't know that when we lived here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an identity that's probably highly pioneering. And there's a real call we feel now, especially if we put it into words, to basically create new wineskins for church. Yeah. To go out, make disciples, and and look look for new ways to create cultures of church that actually draw people of all mm-hmm. types. Yeah. How are you guys doing that? I mean, how is that happening? Well, we we're you know you, you just go out and try some stuff and you fail. Few of a fail. Uh-huh. Uh, and you guys are doing a we, yeah, filter. Yeah, a filter. One of the ways we've tried that is through business and through different, uh, more specifically through spaces. So we, um, you know, there's a lot of things in, obviously in church world where hey, I go become a regular somewhere, you know, go frequent this pub, go frequent this coffee shop, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it might be become a regular, get to know people, get to know your neighbors. And um, I think we took it to the next level. Some friends of ours, we call family over in Bister. We said, hey, how about, what if we actually created something that we're all passionate about, mm-hmm. that we serve coffee? Because the problem is when you, there wasn't, a, in our opinion, a good coffee shop in the town we lived yeah, in. Right. So Nowhere to frequent. I don't want to frequent a bad <laughs> coffee shop. So we said, what if we created ourselves and then we invite everybody, you know, and it, actually God's really blessed that. And that's been one way we've, we've gone from just interacting with, you know, a few neighbors to interacting with thousands of people on a regular basis. Um, I think that's what we've been doing, but I think what, what we learned through that is that going on mission is as simple as what's God already put in you. What are you passionate about and how can you begin to make disciples through that? So we've done that through coffee, but I think what the new season for us is that we're really passionate about helping others do that. So helping Mm -hmm. others say, what are you passionate about and how can that be a part of your disciple making journey? Cause that's the call for all of us. So Jeff is working alongside of entrepreneurs. I'm helping um, a handful of counselors dream about starting a counseling ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're going to have a lot of joy just helping others be yeah. successful on mission, making disciples. And then, as we all probably use the phrase, when you make disciples, you get to church. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. You, what's been the most challenging aspect of all those, all of that for you guys together? The new season or the whole picture? For right where you are right now in ministry, like a snapshot of what this is like for you right now, what's been the most challenging thing? Huh. I'd probably say in this new season, it's dying to yourself. Like it's that transition yeah. from good. Um, being being the hero to being the guide. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
I think that happens for a lot of people in their 40s, 50s, where you realize this isn't all about me. <laughs> um, but there's a, something in our flesh yeah. that fights against that. Like, hang on, I'm not done making the name for myself. And Jesus is like, it was never about yourself. Mm -hmm. um, but that's a yep. real that's a real thing to choose to die to yourself, even for us to um, think about, you know, our, the new season of we're going to go into having adult children and um, are we still willing to lay down our life and live somewhere far away from family and the cost yeah. that comes with that? For me, that continues yeah. to be the thing just Jesus is whispering to me about laying down your life. And Yeah, yeah. so be, living far away from family, that's one aspect of dying to self. And also realizing that you're in a stage of ministry or life where you're now helping other people pursue their passion and dream and you're, yeah. you're guiding them through it. And um, that's a totally different skill set than identifying your own dreams and passions mm -hmm. and pursuing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then added on to that, I think there's a dying to your natural personality. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm very highly achieving oriented it, in the past and maybe probably in the future, I'll always struggle with what I do becoming my identity yeah. too yeah. much. Mm -hmm. And, um, and usually it leads to a place of burnout and exhaustion for me, which coming home is, has been one of the reasons we've come home for me to rest. But uh, yeah, that that's part of the dying. It's like, that's hard, that's challenging right now. Mm -hmm. It's like, what are we gonna do next? What are we gonna achieve? What mountain are we, oh, wait a second. How are we gonna do this being led by Jesus in the yoke with Jesus in a way that actually is much more sustainable and much more life-giving than the way I've done it in the past? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you you know yeah it's it's all character building the whole our whole yep. lives really yeah and right now you guys are away from all of that you're back in West Michigan and you know you kind of have two homes now which mm -hmm. is probably weird to be stretched mm -hmm. between two places and you're trusting I mean actually has a lot of trust for the people that you're that you've you know left so to speak mm -hmm. back in Bister people who who you've left your ministry in the hands of, mm. that's a big exercise too, I'd imagine. That's part of the season though, isn't it? It's like, yeah. we don't, God doesn't need us. His spirit is alive and well, and the gifts he's put in the rest of the church are strong, just as strong as they are in yeah. us, so we can yeah. trust that. But that that's, one, that's one of the joys though. I mean, really, I, I think leaving knowing that I could, like like in the case of Filter, I had, I had four plus individuals that were really going to, they were prepared to function as a team, highly competent individuals. And I, and even after a month, it's, it's still going, it's mm -hmm. still successful. It's actually <laughs> moving forward. They're making decisions that I might not have made, yeah. but they're good decisions. And uh, we're still seeing the, the mission of filter move forward. The same is true in the church. You know, I, I've been blown away by, you know, there's been challenges some of our leaders have had to face while we're gone. And they've, how they've responded is beyond what I would have done. Can... Better when, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just like, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sure we need to come back? <laughs> uh, yeah. But, you know, that's, God takes care of that. He, he, his spirit is still present there as it, as it was when we were there. And, mm -hmm. and it just shows us like, yeah, you know, God is gracious to want to use us and work yeah. through us, but he, doesn't have to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's humbling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sweet. Well, thanks for sharing a little bit about that. I know there's a lot. I mean, there's a whole lot more I'd love to 
jump into. But um, let's open up our scripture passage for today. So we've been going through a Bible reading plan, which um, takes us actually in the last couple of weeks. It's been through Genesis and Psalms, obviously, and Romans and Matthew. Today we're going to be reading Genesis 45, verses 1 through 15. Would one of you care to read that for us? Yeah, I'll read it. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. Excellent. That's okay. Okay. Genesis 45, beginning in verse 1. Joseph could stand it no longer. There were many people in the room, and he said to his attendants, Out, all of you. So he was alone with his brothers when he told them who he was. Then he broke down and wept. He wept so loudly the Egyptians could hear him. The word and the word of it quickly carried to Pharaoh's palace. I am Joseph, he said to his brothers. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. Please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer. And he said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset and don't be angry with yourself for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. This famine that, was, that has ravaged the land for two years will last five more years, and there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. And he is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace and the governor of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and tell him, this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me master over all the land of Egypt. So come down to me immediately. You can live in the region of Goshen, where you can be near me with all your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds and everything you own. I will take care of you there, for there are still five years of famine ahead of us. Otherwise, you, your household, and all your animals will starve. Then Joseph added, Look, you can see for yourselves, and so can my brother Benjamin, that I am really Joseph. Go tell my father of my honored position here in Egypt. Describe for him everything you have seen, and then bring my father here quickly. Weeping with joy, he embraced Benjamin, and Benjamin did the same. Then Joseph kissed each of his brothers and wept over them. And after they had, and after that, they began talking freely with him. Thanks, Joe. So Jeff and Christy, there's a lot of things we pull out of this, mm-hmm. and I love this passage so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, what's kind of the one thing that's grabbing your attention this morning? Yeah, for me, I, it, it was three times. Um, well, and I'll, I'll, I'll preface it with this. Um, there was a passage a few chapters before this that I, that I think in uh, last week was maybe one of the readings. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it, was, it was when he had these dreams as a probably a 16-year-old boy. I imagine that because my son's 16, and I can imagine a boy of 16 not realizing how arrogant he's being mm-hmm. and just <laughs> speaking without thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did that, and, he, and that's part of the reason why eventually he got sold into slavery. Uh, but it's interesting here, years later, with a lot of challenge and adversity and maturity, three times he never said 
it was always about God has sent me ahead of you. It was mm-hmm. God who sent me here, not you. Um, and I think there was one other time somewhere in there. I thought that just really caught mm-hmm. my attention. Yeah. He, there was no mention of, in fact, he was saying it has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. He yeah. recognized the sovereignty. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really. So you've seen some transformation in Joseph going from a little bit self-absorbed. I mean, or 16. Yeah, yeah. 16, mm-hmm. self-absorbed 16 year old. Yeah. To a person who now acknowledges God as the one who's been leading him to the place where he is through all the suffering and it allows him to love his brothers who actually sold him into slavery. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Thanks, Jeff. And, and with that, I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of the kingdom triangle. And this is probably out of all the passages you gave us today. I, mm-hmm. I think this is the one that I think really caught my attention the most. But the kingdom triangle, which I'm. I think you, we've you talked about it. It's probably a little rusty. Okay. So, explain so this idea of you know, we have a king and we go to the right of the triangle. He gives us authority. Mm-hmm. And if we, when we know our authority from Jesus, we can move out in power. Yeah. Many times we go the other way. We try to take power. But you see that, um, especially in Joseph's life. And here it's kind of at a, at a peak of he's he now in the early days, he was trying to take that mm-hmm. influence, that authority and have that power and it didn't end well. Now he's he's come to a place where God has clearly given him authority mm-hmm. and he's he's naturally um, living out yeah. and actually has probably the second most powerful man in the whole world at the time. <laughs> amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so uh, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Yeah, Kingdom Triangle, that's a, that uh, it goes, you know, it's the flip side of the covenant triangle, just for to remind mm-hmm. people who are listening that that's not the only, that's the flip side of it. So the other side of it is, you know, there's God who's our father and um, he loves us, he adopts us as children and then he calls us to obey, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's those two dual natures and you're saying you're seeing that side of God, the the king side of, you know, yeah. the kingly authority that's given to us for the sake of power and playing out in this. And I think Joseph is a great example yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you, Christine? What's sticking out to you? It's funny, I saw three things as well, but... Um, different. I saw the three times that Joseph tries to help them realize it's really him. Mm-hmm. So three times he's like, I'm Joseph. You gotta pause for the oh. clock. <laughs> and just listen to the pleasant melody. We're good. <laughs> yeah, so I'm Joseph, I'm Joseph. But what I love narratives because I think it allows us to use our imagination about what was happening and really picture the scene. And mm-hmm. um, So I really got stuck on verse 12. Look, you can see for yourselves, and so can my brother Benjamin, that I'm really Joseph. What do you mm. think he was showing them? Mm. Was he just like, look at my face, or the weird birthmark I have? Right, that's what I was imagining. I was, or did he like in the struggle when they threw him in the pit? Did like a piece of his beautiful coat tear, and he's kept it all these years? And like, imagine this mm. like tattered piece of coat that he pulls mm. out and's like, look. I am really him, or did he have a tattoo of the sun, moon, and the stars, and the sheets, and all these dreams, and like, look, guys, remember these dreams? I don't know. I just had a lot of fun sitting with Jesus and saying, what was happening there? Like, what what was he showing them? Yeah. And I think what that does for me is help me remember that Joseph was a real guy, like, just like us. He yeah. wasn't some, you know, yeah. superhero. He was an ordinary guy who'd been mistreated severely, mm-hmm. and yet God turned it on its head and mm-hmm. um, used it to save the lives of many, many people. Yeah. So, yeah, it's almost like uh, look, put your hand 
into my hand and put your hand in my side, right? Yeah. Like you saying, look, it's really me. Yeah. Right. right. Like yeah. there's kingdom authority before mm. you kind of like um, recapitulated in the New Testament. Yeah. Which is, right. That's what was yeah. um, the word that was sticking out to me. It wasn't actually in this passage, but as you're reading the passage, Jeff, just the word atonement came to me. Um, at which, if you pull that apart, at one moment, right? Like, and the way that they were separated, he was separated from his brothers, and here's this chance for him to reunite with his brothers. Yeah. And they're so trepidatious. They're like, mm. they don't want to go near him mm -hmm. because he's the second most powerful person in the world, right? Yeah. They're like, uh, is this a trick? What's going on? Mm -hmm. If it isn't Joseph, we're in big trouble. If it is Joseph, we're in big trouble. You we're know, dead. We, mm -hmm. we're dead. Mm -hmm. If he's telling the truth, he's going to sell, like he's going to sell us into slavery, like we did to him. And I think, man, that's so how we view God, yeah. right? Like mm -hmm. that's how we view Jesus as this enemy. Um, we were enemies of God, and Jesus came and you know received all power and authority, and we are afraid of him. He has to convince us, mm -hmm. like, no, put your hands in my hand and put your hand in my side. Like, I want to be at one with you. I want to make mm -hmm. atonement. Mm -hmm. So, um, I just, and then also just the echoes of the generational, um, aspect of this, you've got Joseph reuniting with his brothers and they fall on him and they kiss him. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's exactly what happened to their father, uh, Jacob slash mm -hmm. Israel mm -hmm. with Esau, right? Like, Oh, this enmity between brothers yeah. gets, yeah. you know, they get reunited and they, they're falling on each other's necks and kissing each other, literally. And mm -hmm. I think of, you know, above that, Isaac and Ishmael, you know, you've got enmity, enmity between brothers all the way back up. Right. You can look just like the way that families are just separated and divided and the way that God is bringing them back together and creating a new family. Mm -hmm. It's just like, mm -hmm. yeah, resonating with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, and there's a bit of irony because you said, it, I, you know, Ishmael. It was the Ishmael's grandkids yeah. that were the ones that actually bought Joseph yeah. and took yeah. him to Egypt. But think about that symbolism, you know, yeah. like here you've got the Emmetine of your brothers. That generational stuff is enabling the generational stuff to continue, yeah. you know, and that's kind of the evil system that, that God is fighting against in this story to, to redeem those divisions. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, totally. I, I see that the uh, Ishmaelites coming and taking away Joseph and then him overcoming that yeah. um, through the power of God. Yeah, this is a great. Uh, I love Joseph's one of my favorite characters in the Bible because I think you just have this um, this idea of like it gives it gives me hope. You know, we talk about what we what is, what is God saying, mm -hmm. and maybe how are we going to respond to mm -hmm. this? What what is the faith response? And for for me, I think at the beginning of that, there's a sense where I have this hope, like I hope God's doing the same thing through me. Mm -hmm. Like, I hope someday I can look back because this is the classic, um, you know, hindsight 2020. Yeah, right. Um, I, I think we have moments like this, but I hope someday I can look back and say, oh, yeah, God did this. Like, it had nothing, and, and just eliminate what I did. Mm -hmm. God did this so that this and this and all this over here can happen. Mm -hmm. Everything you're maybe bitter about or yeah. suffering through in the moment, yeah. mm -hmm. one day we'll be able to look back and see God's hand in that and praise God for his grace and mercy in our lives rather than looking back bitterly and going, uh, like that never should have yeah. happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I think, I mean, this passage also for you guys as people who are 
you know, are always far away from one of your families, mm -hmm. right? Like you're either in England and you're far away from West Michigan people, mm -hmm. or you're in West Michigan and you're far away from mm -hmm. the England people, that hope of reconciliation here. I mean, he's been separated from his brothers, his family. He's off in Egypt mm -hmm. doing work, mm -hmm. you know, and, and God's been using him in mighty ways. And then that hope for reconciliation, mm -hmm. um, I think we'd never fully get um, before the new creation, you know, when God mm -hmm. reunites the whole church, right? Mm -hmm. That's what we hope for. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. some of that eschatological mm -hmm. perspective too of going, man, sure. someday we're going to get to, um, be reunited with, with the whole family that we are right now along to see. And it's really hard being mm -hmm. away from people. Um, so, mm -hmm. well, thanks guys for today's podcast. Everybody, um, let's see, what are we? Man, this is officially our longest podcast episode. Oh, so I knew that so, when we were talking about it. It, it was oh. bound to happen. I, I, I knew it was going to happen. Yes, we won. Oh. <laughs> we Jeff achieved. Would, Jeff would say the that. longest. <laughs> we did it. Well, thank you everybody for listening in today. Uh, join us tomorrow as we unpack um, one of the psalms. So we'll see you then. And it's much shorter. Yeah, it is. All right, bye. Thanks for listening to the Bible Reading Plan podcast. If you have any reflections on the scripture we just read, please click the link in the show notes to leave us a voice message. We'd love to hear from you. Let me send you on your way with a blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Mm -hmm.